this is the end. Why would you say it like the that? The end of the end, my friend. Stop. Immortals end. No. X-Force is not ending. breath of death upon my neck. <gasps> Sister, Mary, take me to the window. I wish to say goodbye. <laughs> Welcome to the X-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I am the end. <laughs> Well, we're here to do the second half of our catch-up before the end of 2023 comics. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Insane. Mind-blowing. Let's talk about what they are. We've got X-Men Unlimited, which is our Digis, number 118 and 119. Catching up. And then our Tangies, Predator versus Wolverine, number 4. X-Force number 47. And Immortal X-Men number 18. But first, because we missed it last week, we have the news! You want me to keep all this news? Yes. You want me to keep all that news? I was going to try to see how long I could hold it, but then you made me laugh with your silly face. News. <laughs> hey, we got a new logo and tagline. What? For the X-Men oh, yeah. coming in. And when I say new, I don't mean actual new. I it's just, it's, it's different, kind of. Not. It's, it's, it's not a, different. It's not new. But it's, it's a throwback. It's a throwback in many ways. X-Men, the classic logo. It's, I, I did, when I posted about this, I, I did all this research on when it started showing up at the original run, still mm. in the before Claremont's days, before ah. it was uncanny. So that has been... A statement of the franchise it's for a, a long choice. time, right? That, that X Men drop lettering with the block shadows, whatever. From the ashes is the tagline associated mm-hmm. with that. It gives Phoenix energy, obviously. And we have a lot of Phoenix energy all around the end yeah. of this and the reclamation of the Phoenix from the Avengers side of things, I think and, is. Uh... And it also gives you the. Uh, the idea that, you know, fall of X is going to be a hard fall. Uh, the burning. ending of Krakoa will not end well. The inferning. And then we will rise from the, from ashes. the ashes. From the ashes. Weapon X-Men. I mean, yeah. we kind of talked about it in the last episode because of the lead-in from the original X-Men, but that was a, a big to-do, a big reveal. So many Wolverines in one so comic. So many Wolverines. Oh, so what? <laughs> I don't want to get into this again. If yeah, you really yeah. want to hear the depth of it, just make sure you listen to the last episode if you haven't already. We claw through our Wolverine feels. <laughs> Deadpool's got a new comic coming. Oh, snap. Completely devoid of any... Hey, we tried making them an X-Men. Oh, <laughs> you know? so it's not an X-comic. I don't know. It's coming in March. And it has no X trimmings on it. It it feels as though it is not an X comic. How will I read it? On Marvel Unlimited, three months after it comes out. <laughs> X Men ninety seven has a lead in comic to the series. My mind was blown when you saw that poster. I was looking through the solicits book, and that that was I was like, why are they advertising a show in here? And then I was like, writers, what? Steve Fox is writing, which we love to see. Yeah. Todd Nock does the promotional art. I can't remember who the series artist is. Salva Espin, who was the artist on 
House of 92. Oh, cool. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. Okay, I'm and, excited. And gives animated vibes. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. Um, I think it is smart for them to do a little bit more like lead in. I'm sure it's not going to be necessary to watch the show, but it's going to help build hype for the show, which I think there's a lot of hype already. Sure, but... yeah. I think it's a cool refresh. Yeah. Yeah. For people that want to read it, for people that want to check that out, that starts on March 27th. Mm. So that'll be happening in that in-between time of in what, the void. where are we if we're not in Krakoa? What are X-Men? Maybe we're at a war camp, perhaps. Oh. Loved that. Ooh. Shout out to Eric Huffman, SideQuest Comics, sending us on a side quest with mm. a gift of the yes. Alpha Flight start of the run you know you're kind such of a, hooking us into yeah such a cool gift to receive and the issues are like og issues and so like i was flipping through them and and i was like look at these look at these advertisements they look like comics <laughs> and justin was like have you never seen those have before? you never seen classic comics and i was like not really no oh, that was great yeah thanks so much for that eric personal news what you got Oh, personal news. Sock it to me. Okay, well, my craft room is never done, and I'm currently in the middle of blowing it up and putting it back together again, and I've brought all my hats and bags, and I bought lots of little command hooks, and I'm going to hang them up, and during this recording, or the last recording, one of them already fell down. Yeah. And that was disappointing. Yes, it was. But... I'm really excited to continue to revamp this room because I I have the itch to begin a cosplay project. Which one do you think it is? What do you think I'm going to start with for 2024? Something Kate related. Nope. She only has one look. Well, she technically has two and I've already done it. The other one. She's been on my list for a while. Yeah. Rasputin. That's what I think I want to start with. But honestly, who knows? Because Magneto Polaris is also on that list. Sure. <laughs> what about you? What's your personal news, sir? My personal news? I've had, you know, a couple days off. I have fully recovered from COVID. Yes. You know, glad of it. Have my energy back. Exciting. Mm-hmm. We had our holiday hangover the other day. It was really cool to have some people on to talk about the whole year of comics I and kind of look back that, at yeah. it. Uh, Jordan D. White, the senior editor for the X-Men, was in the live yeah. asking some questions Freaking and amazing. talking it up, which was Such yeah, a good so guy. cool. Love Jordan. And Alicia had done me a, a favor. Uh, she had asked, like, for like, oh, yeah. what, what is something that I could do for you? And I was like, uh, well, I have a bunch of accessories for my action figures that are completely unorganized. You could do that because you love that stuff. I do love that and stuff. And she does. And when she actually found the full... <laughs> drawer of what what is dubbed miscellaneous for the drawer but had become just a dumping ground for well i got new figures and i don't want to sort the accessories so here they go yeah let me be clear okay it's for miscellaneous props sure it yeah, is yeah. not because there's so y'all i don't know if y'all have seen this i've put it on our instagram a couple of times like i bought these drawers and uh, and little plastic bins that go in dr- inside the drawers and Justin's action figure accessories effects and props are all organized by like they have different categories about like the universe or the title or like effects are all in rainbow order and then there are some things that you know just you know like an ice cream cone 
that's miscellaneous. It's going to go in the miscellaneous drawer. And we have, you know, since made it clear that miscellaneous is not put all the stuff. We don't know where it goes. We're going to have a new system. We're going to have a tiny little bucket where we put our things. And then Alicia comes downstairs every few weeks and puts them back where they go. (laughs) And she'll feel so happy about it. Everything was where it goes that had been previously sorted. Yes. I put everything back where it has a place. It's just I get a lot of new stuff and I don't know where it goes. And you're like, I don't know. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. This is for Alicia. I don't enjoy this. Yeah. Yeah, because I wanted to thank Justin for taking care of me so well when I, you know, first was recovering from surgery. I was like, what's something I can do for you? And when he said that, I was like, oh, that's for me, too. Yeah, that's great. great. <laughs> well, in in the process of doing that, I was also able to go through bag and board and organize all of the comics mm. from this year that I had not continue to go through and, and lost where they go. And especially the trading card covers that don't have the number on mm. them. And I had to resort but it was cool to see just how many comics there were in 2023 because I started a new box for 2023 oh. full wow. with some spillover. Wow. Last year was just one box. Oh, shoot. Some, some food for thought as we go to a poll. A poll. Two comics. Enter. Two comics. One comic remains. X-Force versus Immortal X-Men. Who won by what percent? Immortal X-Men, 83%. 76. Dang. That's fair. I went high. You went high. But I knew it was going to be... X-Force had a good showing, and it was a solid comic. Yeah. Especially for you know the run and the threads that it's been playing with. We do have one general question. Captain 2 Michael wants to know if the people who read Alpha Flight need to read X-Force 47 to finish that story. And I already responded to Michael because he had messaged the podcast mm. as well. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything that really carries over other than the three characters from that coming over to the X-Force story. Well, and we'll talk about that. Now that you're saying that, though, it does kind of intrigue me because they went to Shi'ar space. Right. And then... They came back. They ca- How? That was like the whole thing. You can't get there. You can't get back. And well, then they came back, but they're like, oh, Canada's not that far away. But, bro, you were in space. <laughs> space is. <laughs> Chandelier is real far. Someone needs to fix that. Yeah, continuity <laughs> slip. need some explanation. Oh, well, yeah, we just, we couldn't do multiple runs with the ship because mm. then they'd know where we docked it. I and like helped this us. story. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> but before we get to that, we yes. got some, we got some digitals. Oh, we got some, some digis. We got to talk about that X-Men Unlimited. That awesome Araco arc. Yeah, we are going to have a, a holiday for the Iraqi people where they... They, celebrate death yeah they and fighting what is it what is the word i want to say i don't know they embrace their pain and i liked in the <laughs> the second issue where someone was like i don't really know how to do that like like earth holidays we kind of like stifle our feelings and our pain <laughs> down <laughs> yes I thought that was kind of funny but yeah we we are talking about this ritual that we do and it's you know, who has rights to do that? Do all mutants or only Iraqi born? And uh, Sunspot's sort of struggling because he's got a lot he needs to get off his chest. And my BFF, Kobach, is like, yo, I'm here for you, man. You can fight me. Fight me. Get your feelings out. It's true. And it's I love good. it. And Bay is also like, where's my husband, Doug? Yeah. Which is a, a really good point. It's a lot of Iraqi threads, some new characters, too. I think it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And just getting into the culture of this group and this 
you know, these characters that we don't know a whole lot about outside of the ones that have really made a name for themselves. And we're we're introducing a character who feels like a very big character, like a character Re that can the destroyer. destroy the essence of you and yes. like memories of you yes. and like all of these things that just feels like that's a big character to announce or to introduce in a short mini on X-Men Unlimited. Hey, you know, that I think is the big takeaway is that these are not, do not relegate these to other comics. These yes. are still very much so a part of the narrative right. of the fall of X. This they is, are smaller, but not smaller. Yeah. Just as mighty. Written by Steve Fox and Steve Orlando. Art by Philip Sevy. Colors, Sissy De La Cruz. Letters, Travis Lanham. CC's Travis Lanham. Hey, Philip Sevy. It was really like his art, especially him, the arc that he had last time with mm. marrow yes. and feral yes that was really great so good and even just these these shots that we see of the lineup the fight the the big scroller of the destroyer mm -hmm. of re punching through this guy it's really epic really cool we actually do have a comment on the Ooh. issue Philip's heavy comic art calling out how great are the Steves on X-Men Unlimited. Yeah, they are good. They are good, but so, so are you, <laughs> Philip. And we love your art. We love your work. Super nice guy. Yeah. And excited That's to funny. have you I back. I didn't even <laughs> know that he had a comment. I know. That's funny. Are you ready to talk Predator versus Wolverine number oh, four? Predator versus Wolverine. You know, this is high level. This is okay. What I what I will say about this issue is it was another moment for Logan. Like, when is he gonna realize that he's not a loner? Sure, yeah. he's not. Classic he, Wolverine story. He's like, okay, he's got his whole fight and and issues with Predator here, but he makes his way back to the mansion, and what happens? But you know, Danny and Kitty and Nightcrawler and Kurt all coming together. Yeah. To help him fight the predator. Yeah. Like, it, it's you don't have to do it alone, Logan. Well, it's interesting in contrast, you know, looking at these two stories in here, a couple stories that are in here, you have him with Muramasa, mm -hmm. who flat out says, this is not my fight. Right. I am going to stand here and laugh as you struggle in this battle with the predator. And then he leaves to leave us with the hand. Right. Right. You fight your own battles. That's the, the metaphor or the takeaway. And then he comes to the school who he's actively trying to protect by not bringing his baggage to their front door and then actively gets attacked while he's walking up the front steps. And they're like, you're and, our and friend, so we love you. This is the lesson that I have learned. I need to push you away for your safety, for me to just deal with my stuff and handle this. Like, uh, No, you have. Mm -hmm. I, there was one. I, I said, in all caps, what era is this? <laughs> When we were in the mansion, because we're, we have billowy clothes, Kate. Right. We Ex have Excalibur Kate. Exc Excalibur Kate, which also late in her uncanny run. And, mm -hmm. you know, she never comes back in that look, though. You have rogue first appearance on the team right. suit. You have students, random little students in suit jackets that look very much like the Jean Grey school mm. or Grant Morrison's run far in the future. You have Danny Moonstar in her new mutants outfit, right. which is like, what year is it? <laughs> time doesn't matter, Justin. No, it, it, well, it does. If you're going to go back in time and reference a specific <laughs> point that merges 30 or so years of continuity. Maybe it was like a X-Men reunion and 
Logan, that's why he was going there. And they're all coming for like dinner. And they come from their different stories and their different eras just to have food together. From the future? From the. Get out of here. I love that we end the series with, you know, the Wolverine. He does the thing that he needs to do. He takes the Predator down in the only way that he knows how to get them away. I'm just going to blow everyone up. And I'll be fine because right. I'm Wolverine. I'll regenerate whatever. You'll probably be fine because you're new IP and we're not going to kill you off like that. Right. The next section at the back of the issue, well, you can either read last week's Wolverine or a Predator series, obviously. Mini, ongoing, you decide. You we don't decide. Know. Big picture, what'd you think? I think it's like, it's fine. It's a good story. It's a story that moves. It's a... <laughs> it's a good story. No. No, it's a story that moves. It's... I liked the tie-in of the friends and the relationships and to see, you know, characters I, I love. And, I like, I want more Danny in my life. So I, Danny and Kitty and Nightcrawl are great. Happy for that. I thought that the journey of this story was a little bit more interesting to me of, like, Logan trying to figure out what this relationship with the predator means for him and what it means for the predator and like what their motivations are versus it just being like a hunting story. But like, I don't need it in my life personally. Sure. Sure. But like it wasn't a bad comic. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody needs something like this in their life. Justin, some people need things in their life. Okay. I need certain things in comics in my life. This is not one of them. Sure. Great. I mean, I feel like that is spot on. I actually liked this issue i'm glad they saved the x-men team up sequence for the last issue Mm because that was the big draw for me this was an anthology series of wolverine stories also sneaking in the predator there all along Mm -hmm. it it honestly felt very 10 lives of wolverine throughout the entire series and it was kind of ben had additional material that he was working out and let's just mix some maramasa scenes and some team x stuff and just kind of rehash, like, I did all this work on Wolverine's history. Give me another miniseries right. so I can tease this out. So right. I can just play with this world. Right. Cool art, epic action, action sequences. It was Wolverine candy. Yeah. If that's what you want. Filipino Gambit thought this mini was surprisingly great. Loved the X-Men cameo in issue four. And I agree. That was my favorite part of the issue. Just to hit home the takeaway, too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what the X-Men are in Wolverine's life. They're the family that he refuses to need right but knows that he loves and needs to be a part of right jonathan elby's big question after reading predator versus wolverine is can we say predator is canon in 616 i feel like they're trying to make it i yeah i feel like they are trying to make it and i feel like it's interesting that's the only thing that's like you know i don't need to read it but i think it is interesting to think of predator as a the part of the weapon plus program sure and that is an interesting spin not just like he's just some other villain that's here that wolverine or logan is hunting for whatever reason but that they have this common connection i think that's an interesting spin and i also think it doesn't really it doesn't negatively affect anything else continuity wise in the 616 if this is like one of logan's many dark history he was just quietly fighting this guy and he doesn't remember it because classic logan right because he never remembers anything that happens to him yeah but i would definitely say that this is 616 that the predator comic that comes out i don't know if it'll engage with anything I, i do think it's interesting the 20th century fox logo on both this series and that cover mm. announcement. 
right? So they are distinguishing it a little bit, but in the same way that Marvel Knights was an imprint that was still in the 616 continuity, but just a different brand of storytelling, more gritty. Mm, yeah. X-Force 47? X-Force, 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 X-Force. Well, my first answer, the first thing I said when I saw this is, why is Logan on the cover of this? He's not part of X-Force anymore. Buckle up. <laughs> you want to talk about covers? I love Daniel Acuna's covers. I would almost buy Avengers Twilight just because of he's the artist mm-hmm. on that title. But also I love Chip Sudarsky. So anyway, coming back to Logan and Wolverine and X-Force, beautiful cover. It is a beautiful cover. I think we're going to give it an honorary page turn noise. Ooh. Loner no more. Wolverine joins the team. He's got his little X-Force monologue over the snow base set up as we bring the greenhouse to life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Black Tom is, is there. He's ready to go. And we're going to create a little home away from home with our Krakoa greenhouse in the middle of the frozen tundra. It wouldn't be home without some shouting at Quentin and an overload of flashbacks to let you know, hey, no, there's a story brewing between mm-hmm. him and Phoebe. Right. And it's something, been there all along. Something weird has happened to Quentin since he's been from the future, back right? from the future. Yes. Powers don't work quite right. But at the same time, throughout this issue, we get the fact that he did release a, a telepathic signal to all of the mutants yes. on Earth. He said, hey, we're here up in the snow. Which questionable on, on the idea of doing that so public and broad. Mm. Yeah. And seeing this flashback of the gala and where we get to with Phoebe later in the issue makes me wonder, is Phoebe the only one of the cuckoos who remains? I think it's funny to go back to Destiny's prediction. One will die, one will find love, and the other three go get coffee. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I think Phoebe is the one that finds love. And I feel like that has been set since Mm -hmm. Ben started teasing that a while back ago in this series. Yes. This issue is titled... X-Force Rises. The Greenhouse, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Danielle Picciotto, colors guru EFX, letters Joe Caramagna, Daniel Acuna on the cover. Weaver. Reunited and it feels so good. The, The info and security team doing stuff that they should have been doing all along (laughs) like beast is not in the picture anymore we can actually do our jobs we can set up defenses we can analyze data we can do who we are meant to be able to do right and then we can fight look at laura and domino i'm sorry but that image laura and domino just like we're here we're ready to attack even though they don't have to attack because it's their friends it's their friends it's our our remaining mutants from Alpha Flight coming back, coming across the cold tundra. Yes. Telepathic beacon response from Canada and a a speedy entrance thanks to Aurora and North Star. (laughs) As we get some data on Colossus's interrogation. It is an interesting question, right? Like, how does Colossus go forward? He obviously feels for, you know, he feels guilt for what has happened and he is taking a sense of ownership of what has happened but he is also he was mind controlled he yeah. was manipulated Wasn't and that's that guy. not the colossus that we know that's not what colossus would do so i like the idea that he's kind of like we're going to watch you trial basis we're going to make sure that like you're not still compromised in some way but we know deep down who you really are colossus right. so you know and the fact that he is he is 
going back to tending the garden as like a way to find peace is I thought that was really nice. Yeah. And and the exchange between him and Domino was a thread from early on in this run mm. that there might be something emerging from their relationship mm. and especially Piotr feeling as though he is on edge or a, a defensive especially around her the mm. person that found out the right. the secrets of but is also the person that he trusted with the information when they were in that alternate universe right. to say you got to go check this you out have, you have to be the person to find this you will be because of your luck because mm-hmm. of our connection i do like that she leaves giving him a little kick of like, hey, give us some info. Like, weren't right. you getting anything from yeah. those council you were meetings? You on the council. Like, come on, man. Kid Omega leaves, goes to save Phoebe, gets interrupted by a sentinel. I want to talk about this data page of the war camp because mm. I love this. The whole concept of this shows how small bands can form from the wreckage that was Krakoa. Yes. Like this, this could be an ongoing comic out of the ashes of Krakoa. I don't think of, it will be, but it could be. Kind of gives you the war college vibe, but also a little bit more like if this was a title within the fall of X. Right. You know? This was Alpha Flight, essentially. Right. You know, this was like, we're banding together, we have a base outpost, we're hidden from Sentinels, and we're, but we're trying training, to we're training, we're sending people out on little scouting missions, we're, we're doing... Honestly, I want... I, want, I don't think it's going to continue as a story. I know. Because Beast is going to muck it all oh, up. Oh, freaking Beast. Because that's what we get at the end. After the Howlets be Howlets, mm-hmm. you know, Colossus wants to talk about Sabretooth for some reason. And He's like, hey, you know, just keep Sabretooth on your radar. Right. It's your birthday coming up. And then Beast is over here with a sniper rifle ruining everything. Well, I love how Quentin comes back from saving Phoebe and then they all embrace in a group hug. Except Phoebe's on the ground, I assume. Yeah, like, where, where <laughs> Phoebe at? <laughs> Laura immediately is like, yeah, this is my family. Quentin is one of Logan's girls. This is great. Let's all hug. Quentin is one of Logan's girls. He is. If you've read the stories, he is a reluctant lady of Logan. I don't know. What'd you think of this? I liked it. I I thought it was enjoyable. I liked seeing, you know, the... The coming together of things that felt nice to know that like the Alpha Flight mutants are coming in, they're gonna gonna be back in the fold of it all. And um, I thought it was interesting the Phoebe thing because she was so like, "That's it, Quentin, we're done, it's over." And that felt like peer pressure. Always been something sort of like, I know there's more to Quentin's story. Like, what's up with him? You know? Why is he the way that he is? I yeah. Mean, that. I felt like this run is the first comic that actually got into that and made me care about him as a character. Yeah, but just like in general, like, you know, he disappeared and then he came back and I was like, there's oh, I always felt like there's got to be something more for him. So this idea that like he went back for her and then now that he's sort of getting his sense of self back that she's such a prominent part of himself, I thought was really cool. Yeah. I don't really know how I feel about the beast of it all. Sure. I was like, you know, beast is on the run. Okay, good. Like, go away. Like, I didn't need, I don't know. I mean, maybe if they're going to kill him, then I'll be excited. I would imagine that that's going to be, especially if you look into the covers, that's going to be where we're going. That he will die. Great. And be replaced. Let's kill him now. That's the story over the next three or so issues. I don't know how much I want a dead beast now. (laughs) We have a dead beast at home. (laughs) No! The Krakoan game recognizes game. Mm. Interesting. Hmm. I thought it was good all around. It seems Wolverine is passing through here on his way to Sabretooth War, but for some reason also sticks around for a few issues to fight Beast. 
Right, of course. I don't know how that happens. Comics. We already have Wolverines. We don't need three of them now. Yeah, well, at least we've got more than just the Logan. I kind of feel like he's going to be there and he's like kind of stopping for a pit stop. And then before he gets the chance to leave... He's on the covers. Beast is revealed to right. himself. He's just on he's the like, covers well, I gotta upcoming. I got to stay because right. I freaking hate that guy. Yeah. A lot of relationship threads feel like they're being tapped here. Some set up for more exploration like Quentin and Phoebe. Others a long simmer like Piotr and Nina. Where's Gabby? That's a great question. <laughs> Hasn't been mentioned since the no. Hellfire Gala. Or even the working relationships that I would love to see more of. Sage and Black Tom. Sage and Omega mm. Red. I feel like that is great. The war camp concept and the independent operation is amazing. I love that data page where they're like, how do we do this? Right. How do we intake all these people? How do we organize them? How do we vet them? That's what's exciting is like you think about this dystopian society for mutants where they're scattered everywhere and that you have so many competent people who can lead and organize and gather them. Like imagine. Especially together. Yeah. Imagine if the realm of X crew like started another one and like danny was the forefront of that you know what i mean and then like magic is like teleporting people from one base to the other or you know like just the the idea that there are other leaders who could set these things up which give us the opportunity to see multiple characters in this leadership role because we have all these outposts because we've all been scattered Hmm. x corps don't call it that it's a previous i know but just like bad taste in my mouth sure yeah well <laughs> it goes on and on and on uh the, this Krakoan era refugee outreach operation kind of black ops recovery mission like this is you took marauders and x-force and made them one team and i love it and yeah. i want more so please don't end it yeah but it's going to end it's going to end i'm glad you acknowledge JP Didomasso. I'm working on it. <laughs> JP Didomasso thinks we might be seeing the beginning of a separate mutant nation with Sage as the leader. I we, love it. We love it. Sage for the win. Yes. Let's go. We president wanted. Sage. We wanted. You know, even if it's, do you need a president or no. some kind of council, perhaps? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> no more councils. Uh, Just like friends hanging out. Comic Extracts is all heart eyes for Quentin and Phoebe. Percy ending his era on some awesome threads and two Wolverines. There's like three. I, I don't know. Well, Fang dang. doesn't consider himself a Wolverine, but throw Gabby in there. I don't. Where is she? I'm worried. But yeah, I, don't I like it. I do like the Quentin and Phoebe art coming back. Derby Comics calling out that a full strength X Force would have been a pain for Orcus. We were robbed of that arc, and I'd agree. Mm. Right in Inferno, we got the three. Wolverine, Domino, and Quint Choir attacking relentlessly at Nimrod. Right. But to actually have the pieces organized and working in concert, even if you took Beast out from the beginning. Right. Because he was largely what derailed the team. Of course. Beast and he Colossus. He had ulterior motives. And Colossus mm-hmm. being manipulated by Mikhail. It was a lot of, and, and maybe is that... The theme is that you can't trust all mutants or, you know, like there's bad mm-hmm. eggs among all of us or. Right. You know, I don't know. But that would have been cool to see what they could do at full strength. And especially like the, the roster could have been so much larger mm. for a black ops organization. The CIA of a nation. Yeah. But I, I enjoy X-Force. 
Rufy O'Connor sees the inevitable gathering back together of mutants, seeming to be starting in this week's X-Force. I'm sure more gatherings of forces are coming. Do we think we'll get an endgame-ish portals war style ending of the fall of X phase? I hate to admit it's been a bit underwhelming and slow. Think we'll get a big satisfying finish to the whole Orcus war. So kind of what we were talking about last episode, Blanchana bringing up, is this feeling slow? Does this feel like kind of meh in some of the titles, but are we kind of organizing the pieces into play before the final battle? Yes, I think yes, but I think it will be obviously different in that instead of everybody just arriving at one battle, that will be, well, actually, I don't know, because I feel like they're not going to win. Like, sure, in right. the end, maybe they will, but there has to be... It's a light win. It's a reset win, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I feel like they will – I like the idea – I stand behind the idea of tiny groups and forces forming. Yeah. But then as far as everybody coming together from one final battle, I don't know that we'll see that. I think we'll see a bunch of smaller battles. I don't know. I think I think in terms of like on page, there'll be smaller fights scattered throughout a larger landscape, but everyone's talking about – when that big thing comes, right, right. buckle like, up, like, get ready. You're coming. Mystique yeah. says, saying at the end of Uncanny Spider-Man, mm-hmm. like, there's something coming. We all need to be ready for it. Maddie will be there with her piece. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. You're right. So they're teasing it. We'll see if it happens. Warland calling out Phoebe turning diamond during a genocide, like mother, like daughter, I guess. Emma's diamond form mm-hmm. first appeared during Genosha. I knew that. Ah, he is for she extinction. She rises with the body of a child in her hand. Negasonic teenage warhead. Mm-hmm. Ha, 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 ha. I know stuff now. Yay. <laughs> Are we going to our final book? Our book of the week? Immortal X-Men number 18. Oh, my Mother gosh. Righteous is eating this, everybody on the cover. This was huge. 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 Delicious mutants. Eat them all up. Oh, man. Uh, we'll give it an honorary page turn noise as well. I mean, we went through that kind of like we normally do. Kind of, but we did like chunks. Sure. Well, this, you want to talk about density of narrative. This one There's is a lot happening a lot, here. Right. And I feel like that's Kieran. And mm-hmm. that is something that we appreciate and even still can find a way to appreciate a different style of mm. story with Ben's work. Right? Everything has its day. But right now, we get Mother Righteous's Dominion play kind of mm-hmm. playing and up. She, she's she's so confident. She's got no problems throughout this whole issue. Just big evil villain monologuing. Not, right? All just the telling other, Gene everything. All those other guys, they're failures. They're losers. You got to hang out with Mama R. Well, the title of this issue, You Can't Kill a Story. But you can try. Happily Ever After, written by Karen Gillan, art by Juan Jose Reap, colors David Curiel, letters Clinton Coles. VCs Clinton Coles. <laughs> Mark Brooks on the cover. Delicious. Oh, man. This, I needed this. You needed them to bring Destiny back? No. The explanation of how Mother Righteous is doing all these things, what she's doing with those thank yous. Mm. This was inferred. This was assumed. This is explicitly saying... A little thank you here and a little thank you there can combine into a smaller, a little bit larger thank you. Mm. And I can do something with that. I can wrestle into the heart of the person who has given me a way into their soul and do a little changing of their narrative. Mm. The way, specific examples of how she used it with 
Mystique mm-hmm. fighting Destiny and Rasputin fighting Hope. Right. And I think that that was really interesting to flesh out that ability and For otherwise sure. was not a part of the story previously. But then we're going to bring Destiny back. Well, yeah, sure. Destiny's back. But then even to go further with Mother Righteous, half the favors were used for the gates Mm. to take all those mutants from a meat grinder, Xavier, and move them to the White Hot Room. Right. The taking, I think someone called this in the episode when we were talking about this, fracturing of the gifts that are in the White Hot Room so Mm. that that appears... That it's her gift. Right. Right? That, that she just... Right. Them Saying reflecting back at them. I'm pulling a bunch of pieces from you all to make it appear that I'm a mutant, even though I'm not a mutant. Right. And then the little puppet master as she's sending a, a version of herself into the white hot room. Right. She's not even there. Right. Like, she's sitting here with her candles, like... Just doing magic. I thought that was a great Scarlet twist. Scarlet Witch vibes. Yeah. Where's your dark hold, Mother Righteous? But Destiny's awake and she's coming for you. She needs – that's the whole thing is like – so Destiny knew this whole time who the actual Dominion was. Yeah. And she was like – couldn't say anything because – Because why? That would set off the knowledge that that would happen or would prevent it from actually doing – I don't know. And also it wasn't clear until certain points, right? Mm-hmm. The history or the future has revealed itself. There's more of it that several things that have been said of those lines. Yes. So we've got to go stop her. That's their main mission. Hope and Exodus and Destiny. But on the other side of the coin, our Sinister and Xavier squad going to Muir Isle as a Moira stabilization. I thought that was kind of interesting as to why Sinister would make his lab here. It's it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a centering point for the clones. I also like the conversation that happens between the two of them where he's like, I don't really know who the the fourth Sinister is. And Xavier's like, yeah, you do. It's Mother Righteous. Sure, right. Like this, this kind of combination of their selves and their knowledge to tell us like what we need to know to fill in the gaps. Right. Them playing off of each other. But also just the idea, the conversation earlier on where they're talking about this idea of self. Is Moira still Moira or is she just the data mm, downloaded? Right. Is Sinister is not the right person to have this conversation. Am <laughs> I still me? I, I have re- cooked and re-altered how many different times different ways the ship of theseus makes uh, an appearance as mm-hmm. a reference here he's like i don't know myself i don't know if i'm real i'm just me jeffrey's gas i think that's madison jeffrey's to be able to speak to the tech that they're sneaking past into sinister's lab as mother righteous gives a new magic twist to the ending mm. taking a nod from arthur c clark famous science fiction writer who wrote 2001 space odyssey oh i brought you here to the white hot room because it's blank and i can create whatever i want i can create whatever i want as sinister and xavier find out all three of the others failed they all tried and reached out so who could it be it's not mother righteous she's not here she mm-hmm. is she hasn't even tried to do it has she just gathering all the clues that point to Rebecca. Rebecca. The reads that she has on Legion and Jean slash Phoenix. Yeah, the idea that she was like, well, I was trying to use Legion for this, but like, poof, that didn't work. He took himself off the table because he knew that what I was doing. So, poof, gotta go for you, Jeannie Beanie. Righteous's plan on that data page, really spelling it out. Oh, the fact that she's freaking stabbing Jean. To use as literal ink. Like, come to write on. In this... So now Jean's dead again? 
to write in this creation room. I mean, she's also she in, ever <laughs> she's also in the white hot room, so she'll just reborn. I don't know. I don't know. They're mixing things here. But you have to stop. You have to stop. Once upon a time. Oh, should I read it in Rebecca's voice? Once upon a time, there was a simple girl from Essex. She became a dominion. She lived happily ever after. Wrong. Wrong. As the real dominion reveals itself underneath the paper in fire. fire. Yeah. Hey, turn around. Look. Oh, no. However, his mistress of stories should have known. There's always a twist. Look behind you. Don, don, don. Nathaniel. You're a monster. This is Essex's plan. And we refer to him as Essex because Mm -hmm. we're we're talking big E. We're talking the OG Nathaniel over here. Right. The OG Nathaniel, the big reveal is that each one of his four creations were sent out to do different field operative research and to report back. Once they tried to ascend to Dominion, they were obviously rejected mm-hmm. and all that information was collected and went back to this e enigma mm-hmm. as he's referring to himself as which has made several appearances in marvel comics oh really it is the big bad villain of defenders beyond which i had not read i read the first four issues still have the fifth one probably should have read that before but i fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> but also enigma and I called this out when we were reviewing it, is scratched into a tree bark on Immortal X-Men number one cover. Mm. Interesting. So that, like to just blow this up, Kieran has had this the whole time. Yeah. I feel like it's obvious that he has because this is taking the Moira machine and merging it with the Four Sinisters compact. Cl- concept Mm -hmm. into an ai conflict like this is the thesis statement of the series at the end page reveal which i think is amazing beautiful narrative storytelling layered complex Mm -hmm. crazy it's also i I posted about it i sent you the clip because i needed to be vindicated i called this on April 30th, that mm-hmm. all four were going to reconstitute into the original Sinister as some kind of way of gathering their information for him. And yeah, like you literally called all of that. Not just like, oh, the the original Nathaniel is is him, but that they were all sent out so that he could do this. And I was like, did you call it? I don't remember that. You sent me the clip. I listened to it. And I was like, you literally called the whole thing. Yeah, which is cool. This is your... This is your Dr. Stasis is Mr. Sinister moment. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny because I was, you know, I'm kind of talking about big picture feels right now, but I was over Sinister being the villain, mm. but I'm, I'm right back in it. I'm right back in it. Okay, you've made a different- well, it's not Sinister. It's, it's not, Nathaniel. Sure. Yeah, sure. And I, that's exciting too, as who is the, uh, who is well, the big bad? Right, because, but wait, but wait, but wait. The Nathaniel that built these was indeed the Nathaniel who was empowered by Apocalypse. So he was sinister well, already in a sense, but not the sinister that we It's know. hard because when – so I guess I guess because he's still, he's still sinister. He's still Mr. Sinister, right? Because right. we, we have recently read The Further Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix where he gets imbued with the power 
and Rebecca takes, dies. takes the name of Mr. Sinister, the last thing that she calls him. Yo, Sinister. Right? And so that is showing itself in that issue of Immortal X-Men as some kind of Jekyll and Hyde, mm. uncontrollable force within him. And because of that, we assumed that that was why he did it, but it was also in tandem with preventing, was it another Charles? I remember that specific line mm. because he's talking about the thinking machines that are showing up in modern invention for that time. Right. And and predicting where things will go with AI and computers and thinking machines and, and how that will be the evolutionary prediction of how he's also viewing Essex factors being the future of humanity. Mm-hmm. This is what would be the future of computer systems. Right. And the ghost element is that he is no longer alive. He is just an essence of something in a machine. You're a ghost. You're a ghost. It's crazy. Yes. Well, it's even crazier. Okay. It's even crazier now that I know that Enigma is a character. So in a way, this is a retcon, which is like, that's a big retcon to make. Well, so Enigma is kind of like a, and I haven't read the the final issue, but Mm -hmm. it appears as kind of like this crown of impactful force Mm. not yet established as to what they were but defenders beyond is dealing with the beyonders Mm. and big multiversal picture outside time and space it fits in with this i wonder if this was a conversation between kieran and al at that point those two together are dangerous they're always right (laughs) as they should be that's great we love a good way yeah we love when they play off of each other Uh, this is great I think that my only question is like, what does this mean now? Right? Like Immortal X-Men is over and we now know the answers to our burning questions about the Dominion and about the ghost and all of these things. But what does this mean now? It's either going to play out in Rise of the Powers of X Mm -hmm. or X-Men Forever, which likely X-Men Forever because that has been referred to by Kieran as the ending of... Or a coda of Immortal X-Men. And then I think he's got one more issue after that. Four issues. But that's just how he talks in his newsletter. Yes. Interesting, interesting, interesting. But yeah, that like Sinister being the big bad villain that was introduced in issue one, basically. Right. And now it's just a different... There's so many Sinisters. So many Sinisters. Mm -hmm. How does one take down a Dominion, I wonder? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. You build a rival Dominion? I don't know. How do you even do that? We don't know. We don't know. JP Dizomasso wondering our thoughts that they connected the Dominion to Al Ewing's threat in Defenders Beyond. And also, is Jean Grey alive? So I think it's interesting to play with these big ideas, especially as they have not yet been further defined. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the Dominion threat, the and it's even in the series, like they say Dominion. Mm, so interesting. Yeah. So it seems like it was some kind of planning, some kind of forethought. It only came out in 2022. So that was still, Oh yeah. So it's still in, in the loop. That was when Kieran was in conversation. He started immortal X-Men in early 2022. They had been working and talking. He has also allegedly been a part of the conversation for months before immortal X-Men actually started talking about what could be and what could happen. Sounds like a great way to play off of each other. Yeah, for sure. We'll and that's know. cool to know that like the these stories are interwoven in this way. Right, that these creators are creating their own continuity of sorts. Yeah. 
Is Jean Grey alive? Who even knows? I don't you know. know. She's, she... Are any of them alive in the White Hot Room? Right. And what does alive mean in the place of rebirth of the Phoenix? Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. Uh, if she died because of what Mother Righteous did, I think she'll be reborn soon mm-hmm. enough. Interesting. So I finished coming to you from the future. I'm cutting this in. I finished Defenders Beyond number five. Oh. And and really, the the shot that I had seen online before even starting the miniseries was the one reveal of Enigma. And it's this crown of a bunch of different destructive looking elements. Mm. But it looks as if it's not, not a triptograph or a triptych because there's five of them. But it's elements of this crown in different situations, mm. which I think was interesting. And, and we're talking about this like God force. And I think that that's kind of wild to think that it's it's an AI God force. Yeah, it's terrifying. As I was listening <laughs> back to it, I kept on thinking about how this isn't technically the original Nathan, right? This is a ai that is inspired by the original nathan's plans right okay yeah right? so, so it's he, like he's not he re- created the four of them but then he also created this source that would gather the information right. from the four of them the four of them are all part of a larger but you see thing. you see this type of activity in mr sinister obviously but mm-hmm. even in dr stasis with the iterative planning of his family mm-hmm. and just the monsters that he creates the the creatures right so essentially though like each of them felt that they were their own person, but they were literally just a portion of this larger machine. Or the with Rebecca, a creation in the image of his lost love. Right. That fuels the machine. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Super Smiley kind of suspected it, but still really liked that the original Sinister Twist was done and how it was revealed. Mm. And I, I would agree. Like. I, saw this as a potential but i still was really excited by it when it was revealed and am interested as this as a concept this ai god yeah woof yeah well i mean o star one two three four asking so god is a computer question mark i mean kind of i mean are we living in a simulation and that goes back to the powers of 10 right this Mm. idea what was a dominion it was a collapsed computer brain that was just too much information and all these essences tied into and it's it's wild but yeah it kind of is is. fabio shikoni calling out the end of immortal with a brain explosion emoji yeah 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 because i kind of got to that point and i was like what yeah oh i have to read all of immortal x-men again what worth it Gilbert Rojo 1022 asking about the four different suits but in the center is a crown who is that so that is the original Nathaniel Essex, who is now relabeling himself as Enigma. This this creature that exists, mm. this force. I don't even know what to call it, right? It's AI, computer, God. Yeah. Condensed brain. I don't know. Comic Extract's perspective on Immortal is that it was very disappointing to have Enigma become the Dominion out of left field and not one of the key players that we've been following the entire era. I mean... Our cheering for different ones meant nothing. Instead, it's just this character that we've barely seen and don't have any emotional attachment to. Honestly, this reveal really made me upset and leaves a bad taste in my mouth for the Dominion plotline. I I respect that. I think that it's interesting, though, because it kind of puts us in the shoes of the individual Sinisters in the thought that we thought we could root for one of them and that they would be successful. And so that they all had this confidence. We had this confidence. And then we were all shattered together. Yeah. He was using them in the same way that we were 
cheering for them. He was like, no, yeah, you want to succeed. Do all this work and then I'll take it. Right. And I also think it's an interesting be- – it's interesting because the idea of of Dominion seems like such a difficult thing to achieve. But that's because it can't actually be achieved by one being. Mm-hmm. The only way that Enigma is formed is by the efforts and knowledge gained by all four versions of Sinister. So it – it takes more than just one person's ability to be able to rise to the top. So I, I hear you in that, like, you know, there's lots of twists and turns and you're like, what, what is this the thing? But I also think that there's some value in the idea that we, the reader are in the shoes of these different versions of Sinister and are being slapped in the face with this like idea that we can't actually achieve this. Like, and we were puppets the entire time. Like we were meant to, push each of them to the forefront so that they could get as close as possible and then give him back that knowledge. Like we're all being puppeted for what Nathaniel wants. Right, right. Daniel continues to question if we are invoking AI in the 19th century created by someone who didn't know about computers or Nimrod or whatever, unless I missed that because he learned from Moira. Honestly, the answer being another sinister that we haven't really invested in is just sloppy writing in my opinion i'm just sad and frustrated at a lost opportunity maybe it will pan out with more reveals we still don't know where everything is going with xavier but damn i'm feeling like it's in a bad spot right now so the the one nod that they do have in the immortal issue eight where sinister is talking about good 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 then the following century will be the real trick by then by my math, Charles's monsters will be upon us. Darwin? No, Babbage. Another idiot Charles. I will will I ever be free of annoying men called Charles? Babbage the engineer, the mechanical brain question mark? Yes, and the Byron daughter who tried to draw a map of mathematics to make it think. She is so I don't know if he has future knowledge, mm. if he's able to because of his powers, but he is calling these these names, so Charles Babbage. He's essentially the creator of the computer. He's a polymath and mathematician. He was an inventor, philosopher, mechanical engineer, originated the concept of a digital programmable computer. He's considered by some to be the father of the computer, and he died in 1871, which fits question mark with the time of where we are at. So funny because you said that and I was like, um... Ada Lovelace created the world's first computer. When you when you Google search inventor of the computer, it comes up with Charles Charles Babbage. But then underneath it says people also searched Ada Lovelace. The story of Ada Lovelace, the world's first computer. Like Ada Lovelace is the Byron girl. Right. Ada Augusta Byron. So taking what Charles Babbage I, I only know this because we have an Ada Lovelace statue at work. Yeah. And I've played her before, so I've like done some research on her. And I was like, hmm, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Chiefly known for her work on Charles Babbage's proposed mechanical general purpose computer, the analytical engine. She was the first to re- recognize that the machine had applications beyond pure cal- calculation. So taking this thinking machine and extrapolating it further. So many consider him the father or like the base foundation but she actually brought it into that's cool that's interesting yeah and cool that they're both called out in in the issue in the issue issue eight yeah that's how i know these things because of them so i don't know if 
that it still feels like we would have some influence from the future or knowledge. And I don't know if that comes from apocalypse or just the extrapolation of evolution. Yeah. Let's see. What year was this computer between 1833 and 1871? So that is to think about it in, in terms of like, timeline it does feel like it lines up right with when he would have known and then because he's a you know 1895 is the sequence of mystique being sherlock holmes yeah meeting and finding all this so this computer would have already been invented and this idea that it could be more than just a calculating machine that it could have artificial intelligence has already been sort of played with so then you take science fiction and increase that to the idea that a man Paranoia, could, could right. think about what that could be and, and could create this in that sense it does it does add up that in that time frame he would be thinking about ai but mm. it's also just crazy to think about how from then till when AI and things really became prevalent in our society, like the huge gap in that time, right? Like no, the hundreds right. of years, a hundred sure. years between then, but theoretically in terms of science fiction, the data is there. Do the data stop, noise. Stop it. Data noise. Warline loves that we're not playing with the Phoenix is Gene and Gene is Phoenix thing because it contradicts a lot of things. Instead, we're, we're focusing on the weird connection that all mutants have some connection to the white hot room i was confused by that as well the the statement from mm, mother righteous like, a, like the pre is that pre afterlife place yeah so i don't know if they're saying something about the phoenix's relationship to mutants which makes sense in, in the connection to hope and no more phoenix no more mutants all this stuff We'll see. I don't, I don't pretend know. to understand anything about the Phoenix or the White Hot Room. Sure. And its I don't think it has ever been siloed to mutants. That's just yeah. where it's made a lot of its development and first appearances. It's just an area that I choose to suspend my disbelief and wait for something to be given to me to make sense of it. Yeah. He, he goes on to argue the differences between the Defenders Enigma and this now Enigma and how we're, we're kind of cherry picking some continuity tracks between things. Not all of it adds up. And I... That's will, comics. That's comics. We'll see how they try to make sense of it down the road. Mm. That's it. That's it. Whoa. What's coming next week? We have one comic. One comic to start 2023? Fall of the House of X, oh, number one. sweet baby Shadowcat. <laughs> sweet baby Wagnerine. Oh, Wagnerine. That was 2023. Oh, it's been a great year. It has been a great year. Great year of comics, even though not every week is stellar or some you have highs and lows, but you feel the fullness of it all together. It's still so fun to be let down, to be excited, to be confused, to have feelings about comics with all of you and to fun to be let down. I mean, it's <laughs> I, <laughs> I immediately going to earmark that. No, for... <laughs> I'm just saying like I to do it collaboratively this is, and together. This is yeah. an honest an honest statement that like okay, hold on cuz sometimes I just like go to talk and then I'm crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? I know. Like, Alicia, get it together. Okay. So let me gather my thoughts. Okay. So there are a lot of feelings and there are a lot of statements and things being said about 
what's about to happen to the X-Men and the mutants and like people saying, I've like, I'm going to give up on comics and I'm going to like, you know, not read them or not buy them or this is not my X-Men and I'm out. And I just have to say like, I don't plan to do that. I'm really grateful for the, the part of my life that has been carved out by, by this podcast, by this community, by this opportunity. So like, even if we have to just be mad together for a little while, I don't want to think that like this goes away because Krakoa goes away, you know? Apparently I can't talk about it any more than that. <laughs> I'm just saying like if everything is really crappy for a little while, let's like just be there for each other and have it be crappy together and not just like give up on this because we don't like what's happening. Because if we just give up on it, then there's no hope for it to get any better. I don't know. I just yes, like yes and no. I would agree that. So I, I don't want to be like Mr. Logic Brain. Like, <laughs> Alicia's crying, so throw facts at her. I guess no. Um, but if everyone stopped reading the books, then they would have to overhaul the direction and. Right, new, right, uh, but like we don't know what's gonna happen. No, and, and I think if, that, that if, that's a big takeaway. We don't know if the, they are all terrible. Then like we don't read them and we do something else. But like, I don't, I don't want this podcast to go away. It's not gonna. But I just like, basically, all I'm saying is I'm just really grateful for like another year of getting to do this and for what it has given you and I in our personal life and what it has like given us opportunity to do and the people we've met and stuff and so just as the year is ending I'm thinking about those things and I'm thinking about like the negativity that is surrounding what is to come and I just want to say that even though I also am a creator of that negativity like boo the wolverines Boo the 05. I, I boo the 05. Like, I want to be open These to... are the comics we have, Alicia. This is all you have. Right. I want to be open to... I'm not to buying Deadpool. What, to what happens and where this goes and, you know, obviously... I'm buying Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. No. And obviously, as the year goes on, as 2024 unfolds, like, our community is a huge part of what we do and... and why we do what we do so obviously please keep telling us your thoughts and your feelings and maybe the direction of the podcast changes if we all collectively decide together that we hate the comics but I'm just saying I'm grateful for you all and I didn't really plan to say any of that just kind of like word vomit came out of me but that's uh, that's who I am I word vomit and I cry all the time so thanks for hanging out this has been my TED talk I'm Alicia I'm Alicia okay bye <laughs> Until next time, old friend. Charles. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>